Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Andy, Anthony Davis, all signs pointing to a return on Tuesday in Brooklyn, upgraded to probable, big deal for the Lakers on the court and off because knowing what they have with AD plays a big role in what they might do at the trade deadline. We'll talk about all of that and more coming up next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Get this thing up for you as early as we possibly can. Reminder, too, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Lakers on YouTube, on uh, non-game days especially, you can get access to the podcast a little early. We try to get it up uh, earlier there. Um, but anyway, you, you, you're getting your, your content all over the place when you are with us at Locked On Lakers. Make another Locked On podcast your second listen of every day after making us your first. Go Locked on Rams with our buddy Travis Rogers. Hey, it's an exciting time right now for the Rams. So good do it, man. You, um, you love his coverage, by the way. He's great. So uh, I, I can't remember the last time I was upgraded to anything, but Anthony Davis, Andy, has been upgraded to probable for Tuesday's game. As people might remember, he was uh, a bit of an upgrade on Sunday ahead of the Miami game, made questionable for that, which sort of surprised some people. Like, oh, this is a good sign. Didn't end up playing, but uh, Frank Vogel said he was going to work out on Monday. They obviously liked what they saw, and um, he is, it looks like he's going to be able to play on Tuesday. If not Tuesday, certainly probably by Thursday in Philadelphia. Um, big deal. Big, big, big deal for the Lakers. They need you know, for, for starters, they need an infusion of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and, and obviously Anthony Davis provides that. Yeah. I mean, as much as there's been discussion and you and I have been uh, parts of it in terms of Anthony Davis, not playing this season up to his own standards, you know, the standards that we see, but I think also that he would place on himself and the idea of him not taking over games the way, you would like to see him do yeah, quite frankly it's the standard Andy that that the Lakers need him to play yeah, at for it, this to work absolutely and you know the the idea of him not really truly putting his imprint on games the way we both think he's capable of doing but nothing if nothing else the Lakers need him to you're still talking about a guy that is averaging 23 points almost 10 rebounds three assists two blocks and a steal and you know these he is putting up an all-star caliber season for a team that is extremely top heavy with with their talent you know they have a big 3 at best a big 2 and a half depending on what you think Russell Westbrook is doing this season but there's a what you think of Austin Reeves at any sure. given moment right i mean but there is a big gap between the big 3 guys and everybody else, however the hell you want to rank everybody else, mm -hmm. and also, too, the defensive possibilities for this team. However good you think they can be, they are drastically affected by Anthony Davis's presence. I mean, more so by him than any one person on this team, maybe by, like, the rest of the team combined. I, I'll go so far as to say, Andy, right now, I, I mean – it's off the top of my head. I'm not going through every roster. Don't at me if Charlotte is the exception to this rule and I'm not getting it. I don't think there's another player in the league who is more directly impactful on the team's defense than Anthony Davis is with this Lakers group. Totally agree with you. 
Uh, there is a ceiling, I think, as to how good you can expect them to get, but they can't get anywhere close to it without AD. Um, you know, they they need him to be able to be a guy who can protect the rim uh, as opposed to having, you know, LeBron James do it or whatever it is, you know, playing as a small ball center. They need him to be able to 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 get out on the perimeter and chase shots. Like the guy is such an incredibly versatile defender. We think of him as a rim protector at times, but you also go back and remember some of those plays he made in the bubble where he's you know blocking shots and recovering and using those go-go gadget arms to 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 snuff out three pointers and stuff. Like all of it is necessary for this Lakers team, uh, particularly as they are going to lean into this small identity. And like you say, it it's it's. The, the disappointment with AD is relevant and it's real and we're not making it up, but it is important to point out. We're also not talking about a guy, you know, a little bit more like the Russ conversation where you're debating how good is he really playing? Or how well is he really playing? The difference with AD is the Lakers need him to be a top five caliber player night to night. You look at him and say, Ooh, he's one of those top five guys. And he's more been like a top 15 guy, you know, top 20, like that's not what they need him to be. Yeah. I, I'd maybe but go a little does, higher than that, but definitely but not no, top like, five. Top 15, and that's the top point. 10, top yeah. 12, whatever it is. They need him to be ultra elite. And he's just regular, like, you know, all-star, you know, second team, all NBA, whatever it might be. That's still really good. It's just not what they need him to be, but you're, you know, you're getting back a legit all-star caliber guy. It's going to make a huge difference. I think the other thing too, Andy, is that it it pushes Westbrook back to a place that I think suits him better on this team. I, I've I've made a, a point of it. The Lakers are so much better when Westbrook doesn't have to score. When he can, that's great. When he's feeling it, that's great. When you push pace and do all that. Anthony Davis, by the way, great partner for that. Great lob partner. Great. The two of them were developing a nice chemistry. Absolutely. Before he went out. Well, I mean, say what you will about Russ. Russ has a history of making centers look good mm -hmm. um, and, and providing them easy opportunities and all that. Anthony Davis got great hands, runs the four beautifully, all that stuff. Plays very well into Westbrook's strengths and will help, I think, speed the Lakers up. To, uh, offensively. I mean, Davis is great at challenging at the three-pointer uh, with the three-point line and then just keep going. And, you know, and, and Russ obviously is a great rebounder and outlet passer, can make those plays. Um, he'll help Westbrook defensively. He'll help everyone defensively. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 the impact that he has on all of these guys is really significant. And I, I think start with LeBron who looks to me particularly defensively just tired. He's yeah, you know, he's tired. He's carrying an awfully large burden here. Yeah, he really is. And you know, we we can get into some more specifics with LeBron later in the show if we want to, but I think one thing that AD will do for LeBron because there have been times where as much as LeBron I think is really trying to carry this team offensively if nothing else through this Definitely. stretch. Yeah, I agree. It, it's wearing on him. And it's wearing on this whole team. I don't know how, like you mentioned before, Brian, how high the ceiling is with this team. Uh, you know, our buddy Josiah Johnson 
uh, King Josiah 54 on Twitter, though I don't need to say that because anybody listening to this podcast likely knows know who, who is. Josiah is. Um, More he likely to know who he is than we are. Like they happen to miss them by accident. That's true. We probably need uh, Josiah on buckets talking about us, us more than Josiah needs us talking about you him. Misspelled probably. Right. But uh, <laughs> he, you know, he's our buddy nonetheless. But anyway, um, he's also a massive Laker fan, uh, LA guy and all that. But he put out a tweet asking, the question just what do you think the Lakers ceiling is this year? And I retweeted it with a still photo of John Cusack in being John Malkovich when he's on the seven and a half floor mm-hmm. and he has to keep like stooping over all the time to try to fit in this, you know, bizarre building uh, that he, that he gets hired uh, to be at and eventually discovers the portal to John Malkovich's head. Mm-hmm. That's what it's felt like the ceiling for this team. AD though, if nothing else, offers the possibility of a raised ceiling. He offers right now a team just hope. Like the Lakers have been running dangerously low on hope. There have been a few recent episodes, Brian, where I've talked about how it's felt like this team has lost belief in itself. Like just the ability to even try to talk themselves into the idea of being able to get it together. It's a funny mix of no hope and all hope. You know, it's like night to night, there's not a lot of hope that it's going to get better right now, but there's a ton of hope, you know, fingers crossed, but when Anthony Davis comes back, you know, (laughs) we'll be able to make this work. And the other problem though, is if it doesn't work though, now you have two guys and Anthony Davis has a stoop even lower to get, you know, not his head on the ceiling of the seventh and a half floor. Um, does anybody here know? Has anybody here ever seen a chicken? Um, all right, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit more about LeBron, and let's talk about why this is so significant for the Lakers from a timing standpoint as well. Uh, with the trade deadline coming up, we'll do all of that. And maybe go through some trades as well next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Laker fans, you've been hearing me talk about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You're gonna love this app for NBA and mixed sport pickums for a limited time. There's a no-brainer offer for all Prize Picks users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, just one point. Pick somebody who is likely ah, to play. <laughs> get like three shots. That's all you need. But you got to use the code NBA. It's an exclusive offer for locked on fans who use the code NBA. Prize Picks has the best DFS prop game. On the market, Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only getting a handful of minutes each game. And this is the fun part. You can do mixed sports entries. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that Easy. Prize Picks is safe, offers fast withdrawals. Again, go to prizepicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store, download the app. If you're not playing Prize Picks, you don't know what you're missing. LeBron said something interesting after Sunday's loss in Miami that basically he's in the best offensive, you know, one of the best offensive grooves that he can remember at, at any point in his career. It's, just, it's a going as well. Uh, as as it ever has and he has no intention of slowing down or no need to slow down and uh, believes that he can keep playing at this level right now he hasn't had the luxury of slowing down that's what i want to talk to you about because i feel like we have reached a point where it's pretty clear the concept of lebron the load is lightened he can kind of 
<laughs> cruise through uh, the the season with a Mai Tai, put his feet up and whatever it might be, and and really have some of that burden taken off of him, Andy. I think we're past that. It's not going to happen. Um, it, if, if it is important that LeBron can continue to orchestrate the offense and perform at the level that he has, getting Davis back is really significant for that, both because it takes some of that burden away from him defensively where he doesn't, he, he won't have to crank it up in significant moments as much on both ends because um, it takes a ton out of you to try to play that way. Um, and then also, it, it just it, it will make his life easier to be that offensive force when you have Davis there as well. LeBron and AD play extremely well off each other. And you mentioned AD being able to take some of that defensive burden off LeBron. I say this with you know the grain of salt necessary. He's had a lot on his plate during this period. LeBron has been every bit as responsible for the defensive sh uh, shortcomings of this team as anybody else. There have been oh, times oh, where... Oh, especially over the last few games. I mean, yeah. they were at the very beginning when Davis went out, LeBron really cranked it up, I think, on both sides of the ball, and you could tell. And then I think it got... I mean, the guy... It's just not doable anymore. It's not it's doable. Not it's not, and it's not I mean, doable not just for LeBron at age 37. It's like most superstars carrying that load offensively cannot do it game to game, night in, night out on both ends. Well, not I mean, like unless that. you're talking about two-way guys in their primes, you know, like their the early parts of their primes, you know, there would be periods where Kobe, Kawhi Leonard, you know, I mean, guys like that, Anthony Davis, quite frankly, you know, was mm -hmm. carrying, if not the number one load type offense on a championship team, he still was doing an awful lot on both ends. But at, at this phase now, it's just not feasible for LeBron. It's not even what you'd want him to be doing right now. And even now. guys like Kawhi, over the course of their careers, once you get past you know 25 years old, 26, 27 years sure. old, measure it out a lot more. And you know, I think it's it's clearly there for LeBron when he needs it in the playoffs, you know, the play in, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, he has the capacity to dial it up. He just can't do it every single game. When the when the offensive burden is that high, um, so I, I think that's that's going to be critically important because it is and I, it's fun to watch him do this. So I'd like him to be able to sustain it offensively because I like watching LeBron play offense and then crank it up defensively with the chase blocks and all that kind of stuff. Um, I want it to keep going, so uh, we'll see. Yeah, there's there, there's also two. I mean, you you start getting into the regularity of Frank Vogel's rotation. I mean, he's already said that the centers on this team are primarily going to be LeBron and AD, and it's going to give Vogel just more flexibility with everything else that he wants to do. Like, you know, we spoke uh, during Monday's show about the problematic play from Trevor Reza lately. I mean, he just has not been playable. If you've no. got LeBron and AD out there to start the game with LeBron at the four now or whatever whatever position you want to be calling LeBron with Anthony Davis there, like it, you've got more mobility with that size that maybe you can get away with playing somebody smaller at the three without necessarily. I, was say, I think it opens up opportunities for Stanley Johnson. I think it opens up Austin, you know, Reeves. Like Austin Reeves, who did not play much on Sunday, which is no. surprising to me. Um, but like a lot of these combinations, and then you go back to the hope thing, and we'll and we'll go to the 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 other significant thing here in a second with AD's return and the timing of it. Um, the the part of the hope here is that if you break it down, small sample sizes, Westbrook, Davis, LeBron as a combination, when 
the center, the, the traditional center isn't on the floor. DeAndre, Dwight Howard, the numbers are actually pretty good. Yeah. And so as much of, uh, of, of, of a problem as, as making this thing mesh has been, there is some evidence that the three of those guys work pretty well together in these sort of quasi small lineups because, you know, LeBron and, and AD as a front court is not small. Um, it's mobile and it's agile and it's untraditional, but it is not small. Um, nine games, Andy, if he, if, if AD does in fact play on Tuesday, nine games they get before the trade deadline, um, which is February 10th. And that is significant. The Lakers need to find out what they have with this, this three person combination, because almost there's really no trade scenario where this kind of information isn't relevant, both from what do we need? And also what are we saving here? Is it worth it? Yeah. I, this is different than, you know, and we're, we're going to get into some specific, uh, excuse me, we're going to get into some specifics. Ken, uh, Kevin O'Connor over the ringer has a really interesting piece about um, the possibility of a Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade or something even more expanded involving the Lakers and the Rockets. You know, Kevin always does great uh, coverage for the ringer. And before we even get into just those specifics, like and whether or not it makes sense for the Lakers on the court and stuff like that, you do have to be thinking about just the idea of, okay, honestly speaking, what do we have? Because mm-hmm. like, for example, the, the Lakers pre-Achilles tear for Kobe, they took a couple seasons where they went all in and, you know, they attached first round picks to move Derek Fisher, to move Luke Walton, um, you know, to the Steve Nash deal, uh, talking about bringing in Ramon Sessions, even to a lesser degree, Jordan Hill. Like these were all, and then obviously Dwight Howard, these were all win now moves. And there was a cost to be paid for that. There was a bill that came due and God knows the Lakers went out of their way to try to avoid paying it for as long as possible, even doing some damage to the franchise mm-hmm. along the way. And they thankfully fell ass backward in the lottery picks despite all their best intentions. But the point being, though, they were going all in trying to maximize this period with Kobe. And this was something that you and I completely supported those moves. I mean, I would say broadly we supported them all. And I would say specifically, probably all of them as well, because you were talking about a guy in Kobe that was still, even in relative physical decline, playing at an extremely high level. Those teams were going two rounds in the playoffs and out. So obviously not good enough to win a championship, but not bad enough that you'd give up on him either. And and, certainly not for not with him. Yeah, right. You just you're sort of you have an obligation. And on top of it, they were trying to win one more title while Dr. Buss was still alive. Mm-hmm. And th- these were all things that completely justified making those type of extreme win now moves where you know you're going to have to pay something. But those teams were much better than what we've been seeing right now with this Lakers team, which, by the way, already made a massive win now, huge swing for the fences, bringing in Westbrook in the first place. So Mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you are not throwing good money after bad in anything that you do. Because you you really only have one more swing. You have the contract of THT, None and that first round pick. They really they they don't have anything else of value, uh, really that they can trade, and you can only trade those things once. So nine games. They're actually fortunate that Davis comes back at the time he does. Nine games is enough time to get a feel. It's going to take a couple before it might look good or bad or whatever. But by assuming everybody stays healthy, which is obviously not a safe assumption right now, the way that this season has gone. 
But assuming, you know, guys can stay on the floor and you get a sample size, nine games is enough to get a feel for, okay, everybody's slotted into the position that we need them to be with a rotation that works, with an identity that we believe in, small ball, and so on. Okay, it's worth pushing the the chips that we have in, in, into this. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to look good enough or not, but I think they are hugely fortunate to have the opportunity to see. Um, let's talk about some of those specifics, though, because whether it's Jeremy Grant, uh, Mark Stein reporting, the Lakers have made that offer uh, and have obviously not not been accepted yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we would have talked about that. Uh, but I'm going to go get a source to confirm that. Ryan, sources no. say that the Lakers <laughs> have not yet traded for Jeremy Grant. That is yeah. one true. Um, we're professionals. And, uh, you know, but John Wall, Eric Gordon, Terrence Ross, um, all kinds of names floating around the uh, the, the trade sphere. And we'll uh, break some of that down next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online wants to wish you a happy new betting year. As we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. Okay, so this has been, you know, the 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 idea has evolved that the Lakers could trade Russell Westbrook from there is literally no way it could ever get done to different people from Mark Stein and others pointing out, well, they, technically speaking, that's not true. The Lakers could trade Russell Westbrook. Um ironically, back to the Houston Rockets um, for John Wall and just do John Wall for Russell Westbrook part due. Uh, you know, Houston, ever opportunistic, would say, yeah, I mean, yeah, sweeten this up a little bit. You know, you got to send us a pick. Uh, you know, that, that 27 first rounder, which could have value. I mean, it's way out of the distance. But, you know, there is certainly a scenario where in 2027, the Lakers are coming off a very bad season, rebuilding all kinds of stuff and so on. Um, so it could be a sneaky good asset. Um, let's start with just that Westbrook for, and a pick for John Wall. What say you, Andy? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that, man. I, I, John Wall has played half a season of basketball in the last season and a half of the NBA. He has had a long and checkered injury past you know he is he has had a ton of issues staying on the court he has yet to play this season I don't know what he looks like right now there are even if you think that wall may be in certain respects a better fit for this team than Westbrook there are still a fair amount of similarities between the two of them and John Wall does not strike me as somebody who is easy to just drop into your team halfway through a season, a team, by the way, that has been struggling all year to uh, get any type of flow and rhythm going with a first round pick on top of it. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, you go back and you look at it. Wall played as a 26 year old in 2016, 2017, played 78 games, actually relatively durable for, for a, a good stretch of his career. Then played 41 games in 17-18, 32 in 2018-2019. He didn't play in 2019-2020, but 
And in 2021, 2020-21, played 40 games. So that's not a lot and hasn't played this year, although obviously he could. Houston is just not playing him. Well, it's not necessarily that simple. Um, He could. He could play, theoretically. Um, it's he a, is healthy enough to play basketball. Well, theoretically, according, but to also, there, according to him, but there's also, you know, there have been reports that John Wall is not on the court right now because he's insisting on starting. And for what it's worth, I actually talked with somebody a couple weeks ago who I would say is pretty well connected to the team. And this person told me, again, for whatever it is worth, that the reports that John Wall is insisting on starting or he's not playing, that's accurate. That feels a little too similar, Brian, to what the Lakers just went through with Dennis Schroeder and that's Montrez a, that's It's two separate issues here. That that All I'm saying is he is physically healthy enough to play basketball. Sure. The issue of whether or not he is, because we were just talking about his health. Mm-hmm. Fit is a whole other thing. Okay. I, I think if you trade for Wall, he's going to start. I it's mean, fine, but... I would, have con- I would have, I would have, I mean, Dennis Schroeder started and, you know, the what's coming from my career thing, you know, I know it's not apples to apples because Schroeder was in a contact contract year and Wall isn't, but you're also talking about a guy that is looking to reestablish himself, you mm-hmm. know, not just as a player, but maybe even as a star. And if given Wall's situation, if it is accurate that he's not willing to come off the bench and like that's actually the reason he's not playing. That would give me a lot of pause before bringing him into my team. I, it bothers me less because I think some of that has to do with the context of that team. Um, I think if he actually is able, if they are able to engineer a trade to the Lakers, and for some reason they're like, "Hey, John, for the rest of the season, we need you to be a six man. You come in, have an off season, you can start point next year." I don't think that'd be a problem. Um, I, I, context is really important with stuff like this. Um, so I'm less concerned about that. Um, I just, I don't know how good of a player. I mean, say we, Russell Westbrook is not trash. I, I understand he has underperformed expectations. He is a terrible fit, uh, in many important ways, not all of them, but many of them. And those things matter, but he is not a trash basketball player. And if nothing else, he's available. And I don't know what you get in terms of availability with Wall. I mean, look at Trevor Ariza. Again, Wall, much younger, seven years younger, six years younger than Ariza. But it is not easy to not play basketball at the NBA level for multiple seasons for all intents and purposes and just show up and play again without getting hurt. And so my my concern about it was much more towards the health than, than that. And, you know, some of the things that make him a potential upgrade over Westbrook um, when they were when he was healthy, is much better defender than Westbrook. Um, slightly better as a spot up shooter. Um, not a good overall three point shooter. He's a career three thirty two percent guy from be uh, from beyond uh, beyond the arc. But in terms of like those specialized spot, a little bit better, but not really. And I, mean, I think John Wall's we- stats last year in in terms of shooting. And you know, assist to turnover stuff like that. They really are not significantly better no, than not. what you're getting Russell Westbrook. In part because he hasn't played, and so like that's that's the thing that always comes around last or is efficiency and shooting percentages. We're seeing it with Clay Thompson. We're seeing it with you know, like guys. So I don't know how much better you get. Uh, the slightly more interesting 
wrinkle or incarnation of this trade that Kevin O'Connor floated out there as just like, hey, what about this? Would be Wall and Eric Gordon for Westbrook THT none in the first round pick. So you're sort of doing both of those things because uh, Gordon is one of those guys that whose name has been tossed around as a potential, hey, what about THT none for Gordon um, and the pick? And, you know, maybe if you expanded it to include Eric Gordon, who is playing lights out for Houston on really on both sides of the ball, shooting 45% yeah, really from three, defending on a god-awful team, playing very well. Um, playing like a guy who wants to get traded. <laughs> very much so. So once he's trying to prove that he's healthy and can contribute to a really good team, you know, he would fill a need as a two way guy who could start games, play defense, good size, strong, very reliable shooter with serious gravity. Um, it would be like training for Buddy Healed in some ways, except you get a little more defense. Um, what would you do that one? It's better. I would say it's better. It's somewhat better and maybe if the lakers look really good over these nine games with yep. anthony davis that's, i could be swayed thing. more uh-huh. but i'm still pretty cautious brian even with that because that's two pretty big pieces that you're dropping into this team without a lot of time to get it together so in a lot of respects you're talking about this being a trade for next season and maybe trying to get off to a really good head start build some continuity so that last year that you have LeBron on the books, Eric Gordon guaranteed on the books, the, the following year of his deal isn't fully guaranteed. John Wall, like a lot of guys lining up, you're kind of being able to hit the ground running. You know, maybe if you feel like the foundation is showing over those nine games. But again, you're still talking about with Eric Gordon, a guy that's 33 years old, has been injured a lot himself. He's been healthy this season. Right, but there is a lot, long, long injury. injury history. And if you are talking about this in part for next season, that's another year where he might have some of these injury issues again. It just you are talking about a lot of future assets, a lot of you know what even represents youth on a team that is starving for any of it for the immediate. You know, with with Eric Gordon and and I would even say John Wall, regardless of his age, just given his physical history, I got to see a hell of a lot more from this team before I would even make that trade. Regardless of recognizing, yeah, Eric Gordon would make sense on this team. I get why you'd bring him in. I still don't know if it's totally worth it. There's a, there's an you know the comparison is I, I think you know people talk a lot about it. we we don't have time necessarily to get into just what the what it would mean to trade in terms of just a stunning admission that this was a terrible idea. If you end up trading Westbrook and all of the other stuff for Eric Gordon and John Wall, like that is a just like, okay, yeah, we bleeped this up really bad and we need to undo it um, in the most drastic way possible. Um, so maybe we'll talk about that over the course of the week and as the deadline approaches and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's that same thing that Philly is going through a little bit, I think, right now when they think about um, Ben Simmons. It's like Joel Embiid is playing at such a high level. LeBron James is playing at such a high level. How many more seasons of this do you have? And, you know, they're, they are they have a reset coming after next year. Natural, you know, in terms of cap clearance and 
superstars and the ability to reset and all that stuff, even without all the picks or whatever, in theory, you could kind of rebuild this thing in under difficult circumstances in another year and a half. Oh God, it would it would be tempting if they play well, but like God, what if they what if they go like oh like it's like six and two or six and three or like you know but like a couple lucky wins or they're five and four but you they won the last three or, you the know it's like, in the details it's just how it, yeah. do they look when this happens i'm more yeah. interested in how they look than the actual i mean if they go oh and nine it affects what you're doing just because you start wondering about playoff viability but i'm more concerned with how they look than the actual results one last thing before we go i just thought this was interesting from uh, kevin's piece and again would encourage people to read it um quote the Lakers should have reliable intel about Wall's condition, considering their relationship with Clutch Sports, the agency that represents Wall and the Lakers' two biggest stars, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Clutch and the Lakers have an aligned interest, putting LeBron in the best position to win, and Clutch must put Wall in the best situation to resurrect his career. In theory, Rich Paul and Palenka can be totally honest with each other about Wall's fit with the Lakers. I got to be honest. I'm not sure that I trust Clutch to do what's best for the Lakers or even necessarily have the best judgment about what's best for the Lakers, nor, to be honest, do I think they should be concerned about that beyond mm -hmm. just wanting to have a good relationship with the Lakers, just like they want to have a good relationship with 29 other teams. But like, I don't, th I don't is, think they would lie about Walls. It's not, it's not a matter of lying about it, though. I don't know, though, if they have the most objective viewpoint in all this. And, you know, with what we saw with Taylor Horton Tucker, it is easy to believe, if nothing else, that the clutch influence led the Lakers to make a decision that was not, frankly, in the best interest of the Lakers. And it just, this well, is not no, a slight against that's Rich that's Paul. Not, signing it's not a slight against THT Rich Paul. He was not anti-Lakers interest. It's signing THT without signing Caruso. You could have done what? both. There's they nothing anti-Lakers about encouraging them to keep THT. They, they could have done both. But if there was a decision to be made, it is hard to believe that the clutch influence in a one or the other type scenario didn't play a role in this. And I just I want to make it clear: this is not a slight against Rich Paul. I, the Lakers made a choice about deciding they could only sign one or the other. I understand that. I'm just saying that influence looms, and I'm not always sure that it leads to the best things for the Lakers, which is fine. It's not Rich Paul's job to fix the Lakers, mm -hmm. like putting John Wall in a better situation, assuming the Lakers even are a better situation, that's his job, but that's not automatically the same thing as helping the Lakers. I just think no. it's important to remember that. That's all. Right, but I think that the, it, in that respect, the thing that matters is John Wall's health. And I do not, first of all, the Lakers can give him a physical and they can you know, do all that stuff and whatever. But the, 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 it is not in Clutch's best interest to lie or I don't mislead think they would the team about about his health, and ultimately that's the thing that matters sure. more than anything. Everything else is the Lakers doing their due diligence about fit and this and that and how it's going to work and whatever, and just making the decision it's better than Westbrook. The only thing that would be on clutch is his physical state, and if they lie about that, that is horrendous. I'm not. I'm not suggesting. So I, I just don't. My point is, I don't see it as a risk. I, you know, I don't see that as any different or abnormal. I would be, um, I would be trepidatious about making this more of a partnership, seemingly than it already is. That's all. Okay, that's but that's a different question. I'm not trading for John Wall doesn't have to be part of a partnership. It's just like this is the well, only the, option that they have. It's not like they're not choosing John Wall over 
seven other options, including okay. three non-clutch clients. This no, I is understand the only that. way you can trade Russell Westbrook. I understand that. So just, I, I just don't, I don't, I understand what you're saying. I just don't know if it's as relevant in this particular situation. Uh, but I do think broadly, be careful. You know, like they're, they're not necessarily your friends. I understand that's, that. That's completely. my point. They're not your friends. That's it. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll see what happens Tuesday night in uh, Brooklyn and uh, hopefully Anthony Davis with his return. Uh, obviously, lots to cover after the game and going forward through these nine games ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, we're at make or break time for the Lakers, and it's going to be fascinating to watch what comes uh, over the next few weeks. We'll see everybody on Wednesday.